Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please welcome Rajit Bhatia. Thank you. Thank you. So I am a founder of uh, BPK Tech, which is an agency. Uh, we do custom software development out of our India office. And then Simplify Dentistry, which is a SaaS business we built for selling RCM solutions to uh, dentist. So this is the story of how COVID actually helped us first survive and then uh, start a new, brand new business. So I thank COVID for that. I don't know how many people actually thank COVID for uh, what happened. For us, it actually gave us an opportunity to um, create new things. So today I'm going to talk about how COVID actually forced us to go from agency to SaaS. And then I'm just going to tell you some really nasty mistakes I did. Uh, one of them is like spending a lot of money. Don't tell my wife. And then uh, last but not least, talk about how we grew the sales um, without actually having any salesperson and then having the consulting team help out uh, the SaaS business. So here is our... Um, today, this is our uh, agency. We just got into Inc. 5000 this year. So the business has been growing. So as you can see from 2020 to 21, uh, by employing some really cool strategies and statistics, we were able to get into uh, Inc. 5000 this year. And this is the revenue for our SaaS business, which is doing around a million this year. And we're expected to do around 4 million next year uh, based on number of clinics. So today we support around six around 400 uh, dental clinics next year with the way the pipeline is without actually doing any selling directly to dental offices, we're going to grow to around 1,000 offices. So how are we doing this? Let me take you back two years ago where when COVID hit in March 2020, uh, we were doing around 200,000 uh, 200, per month in revenue. And... Uh, so you can see me, uh, whatever hair I had, uh, I lost during that March. And so almost 90% of our customers called me and they said, well, you know, everything is shutting down, especially dental offices at that time were shutting down and we were doing a lot of custom software development for them. And they said, well, we can't support you and we don't know when it'll come back. So now I have around, you know, going from 200,000 to 25,000 per month in revenue from this custom software development shop. And then around 40 people who have no work, 
so they were losing their mind. And I mean, it's not like they were searching for a job because no one was hiding. In fact, everyone was fighting. And so I, I had seen a lot of my friends and family members get laid off. So that was the last thing I wanted to do. So I said, I'm just going to see how far I can take this. I had enough cash to survive three months. And so uh, now I just want to call out that a lot of our team members were in India because that's where our software development happens. And then we had around, at that time, we were a team of 50 people or so. We had like five people in the US. And so I thought what we will do is we will just pivot our team to build something. I don't know what that was. So my idea was that we'll build a SaaS company. And I felt at that time, well, not at that time, after we spent a whole bunch of money and wasted it, it just came to me that we were doing what Ted Lasso did, where you know he goes from coaching uh, a professional you know, football team here to go to UK to coach a soccer team. So you know how that can go. So that's exactly what it felt like for me. So desperate times call for desperate measures. So this is what we ended up doing. And it may sound crazy, but during those three months, we basically told all our prospects that we will do free software development for them for the next three months because we had no customer, right? No one was buying. And the good part was that whoever we called or like our sales activity didn't stop. So we kept pushing sales really, really hard. And we only had like three salespeople. We still only have three salespeople. And so we kept pushing hard and... One of the things that was happening, because everyone was at home, so we actually had a lot of meetings, right? Because there was no one working, and especially dental offices were shut down. So we had a lot of meetings happen, but no one wanted to sign up, because even though we were offering free software. So we probably had our sales activity go up three times during that three months, and we approached probably a 1,000 prospects, and one of the prospects said, okay, I will sign up with you, but I don't have money to pay you. So what I did, I created a contract, and I said, look, you don't have to pay us. We will co-develop the solution. You tell us what problem you want to solve, and once the, once the product is built, you pay us 10000 a month. And that's what we ended up doing. So if you look at on the bottom left, it was around a 25-month ROI. And on the top right, if you look at our SaaS agreement, I mean, we were new to SaaS, so that SaaS agreement looks like a statement to work, like a time and material basis, right? So, but in the two errors that you see here, uh, where it says BPK Tech will license our eligibility bot to be used in, in your clinics, that was our SaaS agreement. We don't use that, thankfully, anymore, but this was the first agreement that we had in place, and we still have that customer. In fact, this customer became a testimonial for almost all the business that we do today. Now, let's talk about some really crazy mistakes we did. My daughter is here. She's giving me a smile because I've gone through this presentation with her. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. I was, we were in a, uh, me, my wife, and her, we were doing dinner. And I said, you know, I'm doing this presentation. Any ideas of how to break ice? And she said, just tell them that you love your wife. And I said, that doesn't sound like break the ice. She's like, no, no, that'll be fine. And then she sends the daughter here so that, I, you know, she can go back and tell her that I did that. So... Uh, <laughs> Not to embarrass you. <laughs> so have you, I mean, many people have actually lost money on building products that didn't go well. Almost all of us, right? <laughs> Here is my story. Uh, 
top left, 50,000. This was a compliance software. To Eri, you were talking about doing one thing. This is the story of us doing too many things and wasting a lot of money and wasting precious amount of money. And so top left, bottom left, and then too much to admit to the right one. I mean, just too much cash we burned because I think it was my mistake because I was sending them in 10 different directions and saying, oh, we have these free resources available. We don't have any consulting project. Why don't we just keep them busy, right? And then every day I will look at a shiny object and say, oh, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And so <sighs> read this book called The One Thing by Gary Killer. Did you read that too? <laughs> oh, my God. It's an amazing book. I highly recommend everyone reading this if you are building your SaaS or even if you are early stages of SaaS or you're planning to build something new. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. On the left, you'll see there are 10 priorities that I gave to my team. I said, let's just do it in six months. There's no possible way that you can do it in six months. But when we started working with our customer, we actually got a lot more insight into what really did the customer need. And so from there, we changed our fo focus to only doing one thing, which was revenue cycle management in dentistry. Basically, what that means is collecting money faster from insurance companies. And it's a working capital. Usually, it takes them anywhere from 30 to 120 days. And after that, the accounts go delinquent. And so our goal was to build tools and technology to do insurance verification, to do uh, collections much, much faster. So. Uh, so that's what we ended up building, and even today, that's been the focus. Now we are adding more bells and whistles to it because customers are asking for it, but that has become the core product for us. The second big mistake was not measuring anything. Like literally, um, so I'm, I'm a software developer by trade, and then when I switched to start my consulting company, one of the things that I wasn't sure was how do I do sales? Because you know I'm an introvert, and doing sales requires a little bit more taking the step forward than talking to strangers in a networking event or whatever. And so um, when I wanted to do consulting as well as the agency, sales was one that was always, like I would say, pain in the ass, because I could never figure that out. So over the years, as I started to learn and read books, when I came across this and said, that's fine even if you don't know, but what if you can just set some parameters and you measure that against those? And so measure what matters changed my thinking. So now on the bottom right is we use a tool called Zendesk Cell, which is 
not many people use for CRM. They, everyone uses Salesforce or some others. But Zendesk Cell has worked really wonders for us where we can keep track of all of these things. And so what we have done is we have automated all the reporting. We have automated all the activity. So every morning we have a sales call and then uh, every Thursday we have a sales sprint meeting, which is what we're going to do for the next two weeks. And so we set up targets and I'll talk about what those targets are and we are measuring against those. And then the third thing that we implemented, which is probably nine months ago as the business is mature, uh, growing, is an operating system. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. He talks about how entrepreneurs like us, we need a methodology through which we can grow our business systematically so that I can go take a vacation and the business should still run. And frankly, I like I've been going to more and more of such events and I've been checking less of my email and less of my team's messages. And so this helped us create very simple goals like 90-day goals. So this is a 90-day goal for my product dev team. Then I have a sales 90-day dev goal. Then I have a marketing 90-day dev goal. And then Every week we meet, uh, we meet every Thursday for an hour and a half, all the leadership people, and all we do is just discuss issues and resolve them. How many of you are meeting with your leadership team every week for two hours, one hour, and resolving issues? Usually there is no agenda, and people just talk, and it just ends up like, wasting everyone's time. So with using this framework, it has actually helped us we keep track of every single matrix that we have in the company. We're still learning as more and more customers are onboarded. Uh, there are still areas of improvement, but at least it gives us the insight that we need into the business. And not only just me, but my leadership team, because it helps us open up, be very transparent and direct, right? Mine is a distributed team. I have half the team here. Some team members are in Europe, and then most team members are in India. So for me, I think the biggest thing that I learned in the last two and a half years is how to make sales predictable. I don't know in your organization, can you tell how many deals you're going to get next month? I think we're getting good at it. I don't think there is a perfect formula for it, but this is what's working. The first thing was trying to understand who your customer is and how do you want to sell. So, it, so I'll just give an example of dentistry. Um, in, in U.S., there are over 206,000 dental offices in U.S. and Canada. So there is one way of selling. I can go sell to dental offices directly. That means I need a huge sales force to support that. I don't have it. We are a bootstrap company. So we looked at the market segments of the dentistry and looked at it and said, look, around 50,000 practices are owned by groups that own maybe 20 to 50 practices. And some groups own more than 1,000 practices. So why don't we start there? And that's what our consulting business focused on. So we do custom software development for those large corporate customers. From there, we looked at channel partners like CPA firm, accounting firms, um, marketing firms, or IT help desk firms. And so we have half a sales team member there. We give them 10 to 25% margin on our, on our business. And they, as you can see, we got around 600,000 selling directly to groups out of a million, which is 60% of revenue. And then around 20% revenue of 200,000 came uh, from the channels. And we're, we're still not planning to sell directly to uh, individual dental offices because it requires 
a lot of hand-holding, and none of the dentists are going to go to my website and download the software. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work. They still are in dark ages. I hope I'm not offending any dentist. So uh, here is our script that we have used to automate everything that we do in this business. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry that you can't see it, but the scripts are essentially when we onboard a new salesperson, there is no, okay, I've done this before and it works. Yeah, great, bring that idea. But this is a recipe that worked, right? Let's stick to it unless your idea is going to give me results, which you know, ideas are welcome and we look at it and then we say if this makes sense or not. But there is no guesswork. I know by doing this, and oh, by the way, and by doing this, which is number of touches that we have, so we touch, we connect with our with prospects around 14 times, and this is the timetable that everyone uses. So like, how many touches are needed? Around eight or so, they say. And we have built this, this sales sequence that everyone follows, and we are starting to get very good predictable results with this. If I look at my pipeline for the next six months, I can, with 80% confidence, say that we're going to get 28 deals every month. And it has been going on for a while. So, so here's our average deal size. We do around $8,000 per clinic per year. We started the business with uh, three-month auto-renewal. Now we're going to three-month trial and two-year contract. And this is the software. Sorry, we'll just skip this. Uh, but the idea was we solved a very difficult problem, which is combining AI, computer vision, RPA, and a whole bunch of other three-letter acronyms and solve the problems so that we are way ahead of our, cust or our, our competitor because we are solving a really hard revenue cycle management problem that others are not able to solve. This is our org chart, so just around 30 people who work on, on this uh, SaaS side of the business. And uh, we haven't added a single person in the last two years. Now that the business is growing, more and more customers are asking for more features and functionality. So we are starting to look at adding more dev team members. So, so initially, we started working on this as a one-off product. But now we have moved it into a platform so that if there are other products that we acquire, we could then bring them into the mix so that we can create stickiness with customers so that it's really hard for them to leave us. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. <laughs>